Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yo, it is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, September the 11th. As we come off a merciful day off from Phillies baseball, as the Phillies on Sunday drop a, another series, losing to the Mets, losing two out of three. They have not won a series since the end of July. Seven straight series they've lost since that two-game series they split with Boston, the second of the two. And they've just really not come through in big moments. So getting the day off out of nowhere was uh, was worthwhile. It was uh, it was quite the scene as they were trying to decide if they were going to get the game in. Apparently, there were blow torches of sorts out on the field trying to dry the field. The general managers were out there making decisions. Ultimately, oh yeah, Bryce Harper out there with potentially his future teammates maybe out there raking the field and trying to help get the game in. Shout out to future Philly Bryce Harper. But uh, ultimately, they decided to cancel the game. I guess the field too waterlogged after the weekend of rain. Apparently, the tarp not on the field at times. So ultimately, a waterlogged field. The Phillies will give it a go with a double header. Today, a 3.05 start. The second game will start 30 minutes after the conclusion of the first one. Single ticket entries. You can get into either game with the uh, or both with the uh, the ticket for the September 11th game or yesterday's rained out affair as the Phillies hopefully can get something done today in a doubleheader against the Nationals. This is Eric Fed versus Jake Arrieta in game one. Danner Roark for the Nats will take on Nick Pavetta in game two. We get Dive into that in a bit, but ultimately, certainly a um, been a frustrating time with the Phillies as as of late as we talked about. And um, again, just uh, their inability to win games at this time in the season, to win series, to not stave off losing streaks or again losing series, and and most importantly. Losing series to bad teams, uh, you know, it has been uh, it has been brutal watching the Phillies lose series to teams like the Marlins and the Mets and the Padres, and of course the Nationals are a little better than those than those other teams, but not world beaters by any means. The Toronto Blue Jays took a series from the Phillies. That's what makes it so incredibly frustrating to watch is a Phillies team that for. The majority of the season up until the last month plus was maybe not a good baseball team from a few perspectives, but was certainly a team that was finding a way to win baseball games, that would get clutch hits, that was resilient and would battle back when adversity seemed to slap them right in the face. And that was the hallmark of the team. And and yes, there were certainly signs that they would come crashing back to earth. You looked at the run differential, of course, 
which everyone talked about. I think a, a clearer sign was the inability to make fundamental plays on defense. And, of course, a lot of other potential warning flags. And the Phillies kind of coming back to earth now. But I think it's just frustrating because the way that they've gone about it, losing the biggest games of the season to bad teams, has just um, has put a, uh, a bad taste in people's mouth. And I, and I think it's going to be really interesting the way they finish the season in that, uh, again, I think most people at this point will be hard-pressed to make the case that they're going to make the playoffs. And again, it's baseball, you never know. But they're not sitting pretty right now as they look up in both the division and the wild card by... Uh, a quarter plus of the games left to go in the season. So uh, it is a uh, about a quarter. So it is a frustrating, frustrating spot for this Phillies team to be in. 20 games left in the season. Just a lot of, uh, a lot of movement that's needed there. But I still think that the whole perspective on this season can shift. I think right now people are still feeling the pain of realizing that a team they thought might make the playoffs, even if it was uh, you know unexpected and they weren't in right away or whatever, people started to believe that they could actually do it and then to uh, see the team reward their belief, for lack of a better phrase, with poor play in the biggest of games has certainly not endeared themselves to the fan base at the moment. But as we've talked about a lot, I know that I have said many times that I think this season is already a success considering the 66 wins last year, considering where the future is headed, the the brightness of it, as it were. But I think that the Phillies have a chance to put a real good spin or bad spin on how they finish out the season. And again, I, I wouldn't bet on anything positive at the moment because we haven't seen them win a series in a month and a half. But... If they can find a way to start to play a little bit better baseball, and the fact that they have nine straight at home, including the doubleheader today, should theoretically help, as they have obviously been a massively better at home than on the road. So, if the Phillies can maybe get something done this homestand, maybe win six and nine, seven and nine, go crazy. Maybe they can put a spin on this thing. And and if they can, even if they don't make it to the playoffs, if they can just be competitive that last 11, if they can get into the last series of the season with a a theoretical mathematical chance to win still or something, I just think it would go a long way towards how people perceived and thought about this team heading into next season and heading into the offseason. And... When you think about this team heading into the offseason, heading into next season, I think it's a really interesting discussion to have, and certainly one we'll have as the offseason approaches and as we head into um, next season, of course. But um, I I think uh, I was talking to Jack Fritz about this on the High Hopes podcast, and I I think it's really interesting where you look at some of the guys here now and wonder who's going to be back next season. And, of course... A lot of things can change over the last 20 games. If the Phillies go on a run, who knows if that changes people's perceptions of certain players. But I think you, you look at the pitching staff, and and I asked Jack what he thought of of who would be in the staff to start next season of the starters there now, and we both agreed Nolan Arietta are locks. 
And he thought Pavetta and Velasquez and, and Eflin the likeliest to not be in the rotation. And I think when you look at it that way, I think it's a fair point right now. Look, Eflin has been a shell of the guy who we saw in June, the guy who they reportedly wouldn't trade straight up for Manny Machado. And who knows if that report was true or not. But Eflin has been absolutely awful since then, since June, really. And certainly over the last month and a half, three uh, innings, six earned his last time out. That feels like a pretty standard Zach Eflin line. As Jack pointed out, uh, what's so interesting about it, especially for a team so analytically inclined as the Phillies, they certainly have these numbers in front of them. But uh, Eflin was using his fastball at a much higher rate earlier this season in the month of June when he was having such success. And now he's used his fastball less and has had a steady decrease in production. So there, there probably some correlation there. It also probably has to do uh, as much or, or more with wear and tear on the arm, the, the season Eflin, all these guys, as we've talked about a lot in the rotation, setting or breaking career innings limits uh, other than Jake Arrieta. Of course, none of these guys have pitched that have been asked to pitch the type of, of innings workload and stayed healthy for it, which, you know, that's something we haven't talked about a lot, but when you think about that that starting rotation, those five guys, once Eflin came into the picture, it's been a bastion of health. It's really crazy, actually, when you think about it, especially with guys like Velasquez in there. All of those guys have, for the most part, stayed healthy all season long. You know, Velasquez had the one trip to the DL after getting scorched by the line drive. Uh, a few other nicks and nags. Eflin had the blister. But for the most part, it's actually kind of crazy how healthy this starting rotation has maintained uh, this season, considering the stress, the innings limits, all that stuff, or the innings, uh, not limits, but the innings amounts and all that. It's actually really crazy when you think about how healthy they have stayed. But I think it's going to be an interesting situation as, obviously, uh, regardless uh, you need Pavetta or Eflin or Velasquez to take a step forward, clearly. And I think Pavetta, a nice candidate for it. And 11.9K per nine this season. He's shown the ability to get uh, big swings and misses and, and be dominant at times. I think that, uh, as Jack said, he needs, a, he needs a third pitch. He needs a third pitch. If he can develop a third pitch, Pavetta has a really high ceiling and also Velasquez has really shown his glimpses. It's a shame the last month or so he's reverted back to that guy who's so much less fun to watch because he works so slowly and just seems to labor on the hill instead of trusting his stuff. He nibbles and works the corners and and uh, and doesn't just rear back and trust his stuff like we saw him do for so long this season. And Look, if if Kranitz, uh, Rick Kranitz can tap into whatever that was that we saw on a, a pretty consistent basis for a large portion of the season, Velasquez has a lot of upside, especially as a three or a four in your rotation. That's a, a nice piece to have. And then I think Eflin, is, as uh, Jack Fritz suggested, he could be the Brad Peacock for this team, a type of long man, fill-in type of starter when needed and a, a nice bullpen piece. And I could certainly see that with Eflin stuff uh, working out. I think the Phillies probably still consider him a long-term option at starting pitcher. But also, I, I think 
Look, I think this offseason is going to be big. I think this is going to be a spot where this Phillies team maybe had not wanted to push their chips in on this year's team at the trade deadline with the acquisitions they made. Certainly nice moves that fortified spots on the team, but going out and getting an Estribal Cabrera or Wilson Ramos or Justin Bora, Joey Bats, those aren't game-changing moves, especially for a team that could have used a starting pitcher, could have used a closer. And, um, you know, not realizing at the time, I think Atlanta going out and getting Kevin Gaussman, who's been really good for them, maybe a an even better move than uh, than anything the Phillies did. But ultimately, I think Klentak and the front office maybe not willing to stick their feet all the way in the water, just dipping their toes in there. And, and that's okay. Look, I've said many times that I, I, as much as I want them to win everything this year, every year, I, I'm fully committed to the future and I understand if they have a plan for that and aren't, uh, aren't looking to, uh, you know, diminish assets from that for, for, for now from that, but, uh, from the potential for the future. But ultimately, um, I think this off season is going to be big. I think this team is going to cash your chips in. Uh, I think, uh, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, we've talked about that a lot. Harper, my preferred target, and I think a better fit right now when you look at this team, but I think Machado obviously makes a lot of sense too. Look, none of these positions are really locked in, and that's something we're going to get into, Who, who's here, who's not, and all that. But um, I, I do think that when you look at this offseason, and look, the Mike Trout stuff is starting. There are rumors. There's already the, hey, the Angels are going to talk to him about a contract extension this offseason. And if he doesn't want to sign one, guess what? And look, they should trade him. If they say, hey, Mike, we want to sign you to the largest contract in the history of baseball. And he says, nah, guys, I'm going to wait it out and I'm I'm going to test the market. I want to be able to be a free agent. Then guess what? They're going to try and trade him. And guess what? They should try and trade him. I... I wouldn't want to be in the enviable or envious, not enviable position of having to trade the greatest player of a generation. But if you're the Angels and you have the organizational situation that you have right now, which granted by your own malpractice, but this is a team that is not going to contend anytime soon, no matter what Mike Trout does. You owe it to your team, to your families, whatever, to trade Mike Trout if he's not going to resign there. Because Mike Trout, with two years left on his deal, traded this offseason, would return, without a doubt, the single largest package in the history of Major League Baseball trades. And should return the single largest package in the history of the game. So... Man, and guess what? The Phillies, while that that does sound daunting, right? The Phillies have a deep enough farm system to put something together as well as any other team could, um, or at least would. So, and again, on top of that, I think we all know Mike Trout wants to be here. He wants to be in Philly. He loves the Eagles. He loves Philadelphia. He's a Philly guy. And he's also a guy who doesn't seem to care as much about the glitz, the glamour, the money, this. He just wants to be happy. Philly is where he's from. So I think that's firmly on the table. Coming up, we'll dive into the starting lineup as we did with the pitching and take a look at who we think is safely here. There's a a name that a lot of people have, have intimated could not be here next year, and I don't see that 
even as a remote possibility, I would lock him in for next year. We'll talk about that as a more plus look ahead to tonight's and today's doubleheader and uh, in the series coming up with the Washington Nationals. All that more coming up. It's Phillies Today. James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. Phillies Today. James Seltzer coming up in just a little bit. We will look at today's Double header down there at Citizens Bank Park, assuming the weather cooperates. A 305 start for game one. Eric Fetty against that Jake Arietta. And then uh, in the nightcapper, Nick Pavetta, who looked good in his last outing against Tanner Roark, who's had another solid season for the Nationals. Won't blow the doors off, but a nice. Enough picture there. We'll look into that coming up. But first, as we mentioned before the break, let's. Dive in and look at the team here and see who we think is kind of a lock to be back here. As I do think the Phillies will make a big move this offseason. A Harper, Machado, Trout type move. That will obviously affect things. So I do think that, uh, you know, look, I think um, the big question mark, Scott Kinger will be here next year. The question is, will Cesar Hernandez? I think there's a good chance the way this season has played out that maybe they decide to say, all right, Scott, we're going to put you back at your position, second base. And they put him back at second base. Who knows? Maybe they keep Caesar and put him at shortstop, depending on if they don't get Machado. Michael Franco, an interesting name as well. He will certainly be back after the encouraging season he's had. Obviously hurt right now, but the encouraging season he's had, he will be back. But um, it's a question of whether they believe in him as the long-term answer. I think that's really interesting as well. I don't know if he's long-term answer at third or not, but he has certainly had a, a nice year this year uh, to, to kind of bounce back into that discussion. And then you look um, at shorts up, look, J.P. Crawford. I still believe in J.P. Crawford, or at least believe that J.P. Crawford deserves the chance to kind of show what he could do on the major league level. All that we've seen is a tiny sense between injuries at an incredibly young age. So I'm not willing to bail on J.P. Crawford. I think, uh, you know, some interesting cases. I think Reed Hoskins is not an interesting case. He's obviously back. Jorge Alfaro will be back. Question is Wilson Ramos. I would guess no, but if they sign him to a one-year deal, it wouldn't floor me. But um, Nick Williams has made progress this year. The injury now, obviously, maybe uh, stilting him a little bit. Roman Quinn, progress. I think you see these guys back. But the question is, in what roles? I think the biggest name, and oh, and Odubel Herrera, of course, is one of the biggest names. He'll be back. He's got a, a great contract, and I think they still believe in him. But that's an interesting case as well. Could they maybe throw him in a trade offer for somebody, Mike Trout, um, as part of a deal? He does have a great contract considering what he's put on his major league resume to this point. And I think the most interesting name out there, though, is the Carlos Santana thing. Not for me, but it seems to be for everyone else. And my response to that is, Carlos Santana is 100% going to be the starting first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2019. And I'm shocked that more people don't think that. Uh, Look, I know that a lot of people want Reese Hoskins back at first base, but um, I think this team clearly made an investment in Carlos Santana, and they're not just going to drop that. And look, Santana, for what it's worth, I know he hasn't had a great year defensively at first. He's still a way better defensive first baseman than Reese Hoskins is. And yeah, Reese Hoskins stinks in left field. No question. But I think we're going to get at least one more year of that. I really do. And uh, uh, I think that the really interesting stuff is is what they decide to do from a a big move perspective because I think we're going to see it. 
And a lot of people do. Look, when Bryce Harper was out there raking the field last night as uh, they were trying to figure out a way to get the game in and you know, out there next to other Phillies guys and people are tweeting out pictures of him and Reese Hoskins hugging and all this stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty clear that everybody out there thinks that there's a real chance that Bryce Harper comes here, and I think there is too. Uh, and I think that John Middleton is going to spend money. I think he's going to say whatever it takes, guys. Go out and get me one of these guys. Go out and get me a star. Because I think when you look at this Phillies organization, it's really interesting because they have a ton of depth from an organizational perspective, both at the major league level, which we've seen all year, and at the minor league level. But they don't have a ton of guaranteed, no doubt about it, blue chip players. Which is interesting because, look, right now you can say Aaron Nola Locke, blue chip, top five pitcher in baseball right now, top ten if you want to argue about it, a blue chip player. And I think that Reese Hoskins, maybe not quite a blue chip hitter yet, but certainly has the potential to be a blue chip hitter uh, down the road here. I don't think he'll ever be a blue chip defensive player, but that's fine. But other than that, I don't know if there's really anyone on the team you would say is a blue chip guy, a top, top guy. And you don't need that. You can win with a, without a real blue chip type guy. The Kansas City Royals did it. The Giants, Buster Posey's pretty much a blue chip guy. Bumgarner as well. But um, look, you can, you can win without it. You can win without it. But this Phillies team is so deep. If they can add a guy like a Harper, a Machado, or geez, please, you know, Mike Trout, it's the kind of thing that can make a real difference for this organization. And I know that sounds obvious, yet duh. But I think it's. I think everything else is in place is kind of my point. I think that when you look at this team and where this organization is and the amount of talent, which, again, that's the other thing. You can use that talent to trade for other assets, too. Just because you have a ton of minor leaguers who have potential doesn't mean that they're planning on all those guys being a part of the team. Those can be assets traded for something. We just saw it this offseason, obviously. And you can go get guys with a few years left on the contract. Look, it might be assets to go trade for Mike Trout, which would be great. But either way, this Phillies team is gearing up to make moves. 2019 and beyond, they plan to contend every year for the foreseeable future. And I think that starts this offseason with some big moves. So... It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. And, of course, fun to talk about. We'll be all over it. But getting back to this season as, look, again, it's not over yet. It's not looking good, but it's not over yet as the Phillies get back at it tonight. Jake Arrieta against Eric Fetty in Game 1. Nick Game 2, Nick Pavetta against Tanner Roark. I'll be down there for Game 2 at James Seltzer on Twitter. Hit me up if you're down there. We'd love to meet up and say hi. But um, be down there for that one. Get to see Nick Pavetta pitch live. Always a thrill. Tomorrow night, uh, Aaron Oliver, Steven Strasburg, and then day off on Thursday before Miami coming in for three. Then the Mets come in for three, as we said, a ton. This uh, this season comes down to these nine games in the sense that uh, then they have to uh, be even in it for those last 11 to matter. So it comes down to these nine first, especially because they're home games and this team's so much better at home. But ultimately, big, big series starts Tonight, obviously, is uh, this this thing winds down here, and and maybe the Phillies come out and finally play with a little fire. What do you think, guys? Uh, as tonight, big one, double header, Eric Fetty, Jake Arrieta, Pavetta on the hill. Hopefully, we get the chance to uh, to see these guys uh, make a little run here at the end and have a little fun, and maybe get a little loose now that they're 
you know, it's it's a it's not insurmountable, but it's it's not easily surmountable type of task here. So maybe they'll loosen them up. Maybe they'll play with a little bit more uh, fun and loose type of atmosphere. That was what seemed to help them so much earlier this season. The resiliency, the toughness. I think that all stemmed because they were having fun and it looked like it. And um, I think the positivity around the clubhouse and the manager, all that was was permeating in the right way right now, obviously. That is not happening. So hopefully Philly can get it back tonight and in this series just so we can watch some fun baseball again as this team has been fun most of the year. And it'd be great to remember it as fondly as it's been for me in terms of fun. So uh, hopefully that begins tonight. Fingers crossed for that. Either way, again, I'll be down there. So hit me up if you are as well. And uh, either way, we'll be back to talk about the doubleheader tomorrow here on Phillies Day. Hopefully a couple Phillies wins. Until then, keep it here. We got you covered all day long right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.